This is the Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you the inside track on Liverpool FC's next opponents. Hello and welcome to the latest Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel. I'm your host, Matt Addison, and I'm delighted to say alongside me, I have Football.London's Sam Incasol, Chelsea reporter, of course, here to look ahead to that huge clash between Liverpool and Chelsea on Thursday night. Sam, welcome to the Blood Red podcast. This feels like a, an absolutely massive game, I think, for, for both sides. Yeah, it is, especially considering um, Liverpool's win at the weekend. Obviously, they did their uh, their run of rotten run of form um, by their by their account of that for that uh, whenever Sheffield United and Chelsea have drawn their last two, so they've dropped four points in the last couple of games. So the two sides going for arguably three places that are remaining in that top four. Yeah, it's a it's a massive game in in midweek, much bigger than it might have been maybe two weeks ago for sure. Yeah, Liverpool as, as Premier League champions obviously need to get back into the top four despite their injuries. Chelsea as well spent a, a lot of money, of course. It's been said plenty of times over the past few months last summer. They really need to too. Is is this game a must-win for Chelsea or, or is it just a, a must-not-lose? I think it's a must-not-lose game. I'm not sure if it's a must-win just yet, uh, but certainly a must-not-lose. Uh, with Chelsea's top four aspirations as well, it will be impacted in their transfer budget this summer as well because they'll be looking at the likes of Erling Haaland to bring in. That's a, that's a name that's been regularly mentioned. That he's not going to come to the club if they're not in the Champions League next season. Uh, and Thomas Tuchel obviously took the job with the caveat from um, those above him at Chelsea that you have to get us into the top four. That's why they changed the manager when they did. Uh, they gave him a favourable run of fixtures to start with uh, and obviously he hasn't lost yet since taking charge um, and replacing Frank Lampard. But now the tougher tests are starting to come. Obviously, they played Manchester United at the weekend, drew 0-0 in a game that was really had 0-0 written all over it from the start. Um, I'm not expecting that to be the case on Thursday. But, yeah, it, I wouldn't say it's a must-win, but it's certainly, yeah, a, a must-not-lose, I imagine, for both. So, he's probably got 0-0 written all over it now, isn't it? <laughs> I suppose, you know, for, for Chelsea, they must see a, a bit of an opportunity. Liverpool have lost the last four games at Anfield in the Premier League. They've not won there since December the 16th. I mean, Chelsea haven't won at Anfield, I don't think, in the, the Premier League since 2014. Is this not a big chance for, for them to, to put down a statement and, and come to a Liverpool who are essentially wounded, even if they won at the weekend against Sheffield United? Yeah, it is. And it's um, it's a statement game as well for, for, for Tuchel because, look, there's the comparisons between Tuchel and Klopp are going to be there all the while that he's at Chelsea and all the while that Klopp's at Liverpool. Um, both coming from Germany, both playing their trade now in a different country and Tuchel now in making making ways in the Premier League to try and live up to what Jurgen Klopp has done at Liverpool as a German coach in the, in the top flight. So, yeah, it's, it's a real statement game for Tuchel. The first one he had was against Spurs and he beat them. Um, very comfortable, in fact, and Ben Spurs are on a bit of a they're on a bit of a lull themselves. Um, but as I mentioned before, the fixtures had been fairly favourable. It's quite a shrewd timing of the appointment from Chelsea to bring Tuchel in from uh, to replace Lampard, Frank Lampard, sorry. And then yeah, now the tougher tests are starting to come. Liverpool this week, Everton, um, that, that that lot from across Stanley Parker in the capital on um, on Monday night, and then they play Leeds as well uh, after that at the weekend. Um, so, yeah, it's a real tough run of games um, that's going to define Chelsea's top four aspirations this season and really show us how much they've improved or not um, since Tuchel arrived and replaced Lampard because he was brought in to get them into the top four. It's why they changed the manager. Uh, so now it's a real chance for him to show exactly why uh, and beating Liverpool at Anfield, which doesn't have the fear factor. I think that's been pretty clear 
uh, without supporters there this season um, and the back end of last um, is a real chance for him to to, to put uh, to put a stamp on on the club, Tuchel, um, and, and prove to Marina Gradovskaya, Roman Abramovich, that he was the right appointment for them to replace uh, Frank Lampard. It's obviously very early days for, for Thomas Tuchel. He's not been in for that long. But what have you made of him so far? Has he made a decent impression? Has he come across in the right way? It can't be easy for him, actually, to, to come in and, and replace someone like Frank Lampard, in a way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's a very engaging, very intelligent man. Um, he's very analytical, very tactical. Uh, he's also a little bit too honest, maybe, to a fault sometimes. He's not afraid to call his players out. We've seen that most recently with Tammy Abraham at the weekend, essentially saying that he needs to do more if he wants to play more minutes. Um, and he's, uh, he's yeah, he's he comes across as a very amiable person, but if you get on the wrong side of him, then you'll know about it. But you, you can't, you, you look at the results. He's obviously, he's unbeaten in nine games. Uh, only two goals conceded in that time. One of them was an own goal by Antonio Rudiger at Sheffield United. Only Takumi Minamino is, the play, is an opposition player who scored against, against Chelsea since Tuchel arrived. Um, so, arguably, a Liverpool player has scored against Chelsea. So, um, yeah, it's the results um, speak for themselves. He's got Chelsea from up to ninth into fourth. And then um, West Ham, of, uh, who are having a really good season, have usurped them into, and into that fourth spot. Um, so, the results are there. The performances, it depends who you talk to. Some people are thinking more it's more just a case of just getting the results to get into the top four. It's not the most aesthetically pleasing football. Um, Chelsea are really struggling to create chances. They haven't scored more than two goals in a game yet. They haven't given anyone a shoe-in just yet. Uh, so, But they're not conceding goals. And if you don't concede goals and you only need to score one, don't you? And then you win the game. So that's uh, he switched tactics to about five, which has helped a lot. If you play five defenders, you shouldn't be conceding too many goals anyway. And they haven't. But yeah, there's just been a bit of a lack of a lack of goals, uh, a lack of creating chances, a lack of precision in the final third or the 20 metres as, uh, as Tuchel likes to call it. Um, is that, that's where Chelsea, if there has been an area that they've been struggling, um, I say struggling, it's not really a struggle, but it's where they've not been maybe performing as well as they have been defensively up the other end of the pitch. So yeah, he, but he has made a good impression um, on some, not all. I think the, the, his style of football possession base lots of passing lots of sideways passing um playing five defenders it's not for everyone uh it's not the most pleasing on the eye but you can't complain with the results so far yeah there's been a, a sort of narrative that he's had a, a fairly easy start i think at, at chelsea but looking at, at the games i mean he started obviously with a, a goalless draw against wolves he then beat burnley tottenham sheffield united barnsley and Newcastle, and okay, they're not maybe the most difficult, but then there's a, a Southampton game, an Atletico Madrid win in the Champions League, I think was really, really impressive, and Manchester United as well. I mean, it, as you said before, it wasn't the most impressive game in the world, but I think Manchester United is probably the closest sort of game that we'll see to, to Liverpool against Chelsea. Is there anything we can learn from last weekend's game, and, and what did you make of the approach that, that Tuchel took in that one? Um, yeah, I mean, the, the Southampton game was obviously as well. They're, uh, they're on a, a really bad one. I think they'd lost six straight um, before Chelsea arrived as well. So you could arguably say on paper that was a, a relatively easier, in inverted commas, picture, uh, fixture for them to play. But um, obviously it didn't turn out that way. Uh, United, it was a complete midfield battle. It was just congested in that midfield area. Um, what Chelsea did do really well was completely shackled Bruno Fernandes. He just had absolutely nothing. I mean, it's not rocket science to work out if, if if Bruno Fernandes isn't on top form for United, then they're not as good as they can be. 
But then again, you have to remember this is a side that hadn't lost, will still haven't lost away in the Premier League all season in, uh, in in United. But they did a real job on on Fernandez, kept kept him quiet, and Golo Kante stuck to him like a piece of glue. And uh, well, you know what? We all know what Golo Kante brings to a side defensively. He just he's just brilliant. Um, Rumours of his demise were so far off the mark. It's untrue. Um, so what can you really learn from United? I mean, they play on the counter attack a lot. We all know that they're they're a side that will they'll happily sit back and try and hit you on the counter attack. Liverpool, obviously, at home will be more possession, try and break you down and wear you down. Um, Chelsea very strong defensively at the moment. They've got a settled back three now. Thiago Silva could potentially return uh, on Thursday night. We'll find out um, at Jurgen uh, um, Klopp's at Thomas Tuchel's press conference. Uh, on Wednesday, uh, sorry, on Tuesday, yeah, on Wednesday as to whether Thiago Silva could come back in. But um, yeah, United didn't have the quality in the final third to break them down. Um, Marcus Rashford, Mason Greenwood just couldn't get the better of a, a very, a, what is a very stout and stoic Chelsea backline now that you, we used to concede goals for fun under Lampard, but now they're much, much stronger and much more defensively sound. And you've got that shield of Angolo Kante in the middle there. So, what can you learn? Um, I think Liverpool's front three, well, no, Liverpool's front three will probably pose more problems than most. I think they'll be far more um, effective than Man United were. It's a real test for Chelsea's defence, but they've come through plenty of tough games so far. Saw off Atletico Madrid com- comfortably. United didn't really pose much there, but they saw them off. Um, so, it's going to be an intriguing game, which is not a word that I like to use when describing a game intriguing because that normally means it's going to be boring. But um, yeah, it is going to be an intriguing game. Do you think there's, or that, do you think there should be a concern from Liverpool in terms of what they did to Bruno Fernandes that they maybe could do that to, to someone like Mohamed Salah? A lot of of Liverpool's threat has come through through him. Maybe Sadio Mane and, and Roberto Firmino haven't quite been at their previous levels. Is there a slight concern that you know Tuchel has shown that he can set up a team to, to nullify the, the big threat and, and possibly he could do that to Liverpool as well? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and you, yeah, look at the Atletico Madrid game as well. Completely nullified Jao Felix, who admittedly was coming off um, a, a COVID-enforced absence. Luis Suarez didn't have anything in that game, nor did Thomas Lamar. Players like that who are known across Europe for being got fearsome reputations across Europe for goals for scoring goals. Nullified them. Completely nullified Manchester United. Um, completely nullified Spurs as well uh, when they played them earlier this season. So yeah, he certainly knows how to set a team up. He won't. He he, he yeah. He's played five at the back all season, but it's there's always these subtle little things that um, maybe a little bit too much, too above my above my understanding of the game. I'm just a, a measly journalist that watches football for a living. But um, it, there's these subtle little things that he does, and he, the way he sets up a team specifically for for the opposition. There's never. It's never. It's not been the same all um, for, for the nine games that he's had so far. So, yeah, whatever Jurgen Klopp's got up his sleeve, I'm pretty sure Tuchel will have something to counteract it. I'm, I'm, I'm almost certain of that, um, which is why I had the suspicions that it's going to be a very tight game and not a goal fest. Behind Enemy Lines on the Blood Red Channel. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the, the key men will be Timo Werner, obviously a player that was linked extensively with Liverpool for a long, long time. He was rested, I think, over the weekend, wasn't he, with one eye on Thursday night. Is he a player that has sort of maybe not quite shown his full potential, but maybe has shown enough to suggest that he could be a success at Chelsea? Yeah, uh, Frank Lampard couldn't find the right role for him. Uh, he was either playing on the left of a front three 
uh, or as a uh, as a number nine, and just didn't suit either one. When we he scored goals for fun at Leipzig, playing as a second striker, uh, just off almost like as he has called it a left number ten. That seems seemingly is his preferred role, and that's where Tuchel's been playing him, uh, and it has worked. But Chelsea spent the best part of fifty million on him in the summer, and he's scored what was it one Premier League goal in his last sixteen or seventeen games, which is not why they bought him. They don't buy him for assists. Uh, which he's got a couple of, and they don't buy him for winning penalties, which he was also done a couple of times since Tuchel arrived. He needs to be scoring some more goals. And as I mentioned earlier, one of Chelsea's areas they're struggling is uh, is up front. Uh, Olivier Giroud scored against Atletico Madrid, that absolute wonder goal, uh, but he was completely anonymous against Manchester United on, on Sunday. Tammy Abraham was dropped. Um, Werner's not been hitting the ground running, so they're relying an awful lot on Mason Mount for um, for goal threat. And he, if he doesn't score... Chelsea, you, you struggle to see where the goals are coming from, um, apart from set plays, which they're, which they're also strong at. Um, so, yeah, Timo Werner was interesting. He, he, I'm not sure if he was rested for for the game, um, for this upcoming game. I, I think it was a, it was just a genuine selection decision that he preferred to go with Olivier Giroud to counter Manchester United. Um, but it just didn't come off and Werner did come on and he got an absolute tongue lashing throughout from, um, from Tuchel for not doing what he wanted him to. So, but Tuchel was brought in to ideally bring the best out of Timo Vernon, also Kai Havertz, who's not really played very much under him either. So yeah, it's uh, I, I, I expect Werner to start on on Thursday night. I'm I'm, so, I'm almost certain he will, uh, but it's going to be a statement game potentially for him as well as as Tuchel because he needs to really needs to start repaying um, what Chelsea have invested in him because they are being linked with, as I mentioned earlier, Erling Haaland. Um, is that name's not going to go away throughout the throughout the transfer window and. I think it's pretty clear that Chelsea wants to get another striker in, so he needs to start firing goals in. I think um, sooner rather than later. Yeah, I mean the links to Erling Haaland do fascinate me with Chelsea. I think it it has to to happen if they get into the the Champions League. It won't happen otherwise. But they've got so many options. It, it almost feels like Tuchel's biggest problem there in terms of the attack is just finding out which players fit where and trying to get everybody in because there's just. Too many Kai Havertz, you say, hasn't played a great deal for them under Tuchel. You think of of Giroud, who always seems to, to score against Liverpool and play well. Tammy Abraham, I think there's there's a real player in there as well. They've got so many options. It almost feels like they've got too many. Yeah, I think you're you're, you're, you're not wrong. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure who really fits Tuchel's ideal striker though. I think he he needs he needs someone that can get in the box and is that lethal striker. We know Giroud can be that. And Timo Werner can be there, but they've just been really struggling for, especially, well, not Giroud. Um, Werner's just really struggled for form ever since he uh, since he arrived in London. But you have to remember, he had his first time of um, coming to the Premier League. He's still only 25, yeah, 25. I know he had one of the most fearsome reputations in Europe as strikers, but um, it takes time to adapt to the Premier League, moving to a new country. It's exactly the same for Kai Havertz at 21. He can also play as a false nine. Um, we saw it quite a fair bit at Leverkusen last season as well when he was tearing up the Bundesliga. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him there at some point this season if things still aren't really going very well in terms of um, goal scoring. But yeah, he does. He has quite a few, um, quite a few forward players to choose from. He's taken Callum Hudson-Odoi as a right wing back now, which has worked out all right for him. So that's one less option. Um, yeah, it's it's he's relying a lot, as I mentioned before, he's relying a lot on Mason Mount for his guards as much as Frank Lampard was, um, and that's not what he wants to be doing. He what he, he needs his strikers to be scoring. I'm um, not sure if Olivier Giroud is that. It, you look, he's 34. He knows where the goal is. He's still fit as a fiddle. Uh, scored that incredible goal against Atletico Madrid. 
Um, is he your striker that's going to score you 15, 20 goals in the Premier League season these days? I'm not 100% sure he is. He can probably get you six or seven, maybe 10 at a push. Um, you would have thought Tammy Abraham should be the one that's thriving, but he's seemingly, Tuchel's not been too happy with, with his performances when he's come on. He's hauled him off at halftime twice um, since since uh, since taking over when he's handed him a start. So, yeah, it's... A, it's, a, it's too many cooks. I think you're absolutely right. He's got too many cooks boiling the broth up, up up front, and well, he's paid to to find a solution for it. And I think it will be, I think it will be Werner and probably Giroud um, on on Thursday night to be that to carry that goal threat at Anfield. We've mentioned plenty of names there. We've not even spoken about Hakim Ziyech, who's obviously a fantastic player. We've not spoken either about Christian Pulisic either, who is obviously a player that caused Liverpool plenty of problems in July in the Anfield game and is a fantastic player as well. Obviously, someone that Jurgen Klopp knows was linked with Liverpool. Liverpool had a bid for him turned down in, in I think, January 2015 or 2016. He seems like a real top player as well, but he's another one that just isn't quite working for Chelsea at the moment. Is there a sort of frustration on, on his part or, or Kai Havertz as well, that they're not maybe getting the chances. They're not obviously performing when it when they when they do get those opportunities because they're, they're not being put in the team again. Yeah, um, I think with, with Havertz, he got struck down by COVID in November and it, and it really impacted him. Frank Lampard said it hit him really severely. Um, as I mentioned before, he's only 21, moving to a new league um, off the back of a brilliant season for Leverkusen. Big price tag, which is obviously not his fault. Um, that he had a big price tag on his head, so the expectations were high, and they've just he's just not quite lived up to them. And I think Tuchel's probably going to just ease him, maybe into maybe into more regular minutes. He's only just come back from an injury as well. Uh, wouldn't see, can't imagine him starting on on Thursday. Pulisic is an interesting one because obviously he worked with Tuchel at um, Dortmund, and. He played him almost as a false nine off the bench um, against United uh, when it clearly wasn't working with Olivier Giroud up front and it just didn't work. Uh, Pulisic is not a false nine. He needs to be on one of the wings um, or in, or as a central 10. So it's um, I think we expected more minutes for Pulisic, who also has suffered injury problems throughout this season as well. Best one of the games he had was after lockdown lockdown foot lockdown number one um when he he was huge to get Chelsea into the top four last season but it just hasn't kicked on since then struggled with injuries and loss of form um Hakim Ziyech another one again he was rushed back from injury from Frank Lampard and it really affected him quite badly I think uh, and he's been underperforming the last couple of games that he's played he struggled against Barnsley in the FA Cup play started it was a surprise starter on Sunday against United and had a really poor game to be fair he gave the ball away far too often um Ziyech likes to kind of play a bit wider, I think, whereas Tuchel wants him to play a bit narrower. He wants his width from his wing back. So that would be Hudson Adoy, Benchil, or Marcos Alonso, whoever plays there. They're the ones that provide the width down either side. And he has his wingers maybe playing slightly narrower uh, than that. And Pulisic and Ziyech as well, kind of more like to hug the touchline, don't they? And cut inside as they're inverted wingers. Uh, and it's just not really, a, 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 it's not really a system that Tuchel's played so far. So that's, that's the, that's the obvious reason as to why they've they've struggled for minutes. Um, but he certainly has them on the bench. And it, if you can bring them off the bench, they've got so many game changers on, on, on that bench. It's such a strong, strong squad that they have that if things aren't going well, then they can bring them on to try and make the difference. And that's what I imagine will probably try and be the case on Thursday. Yeah, absolutely. Plenty of, of options. Certainly something Liverpool can only dream of at this moment in time. Yeah. I wanted to, to ask you about Callum Hudson-Odoi as well. He seems to have had 
a mixed time of it under Tuchel so far. Seems to be on and off the pitch a fair little bit there. I think he's been substituted as a substitute at least once, maybe twice. He was part, obviously, of the, the under-20s group that won the World Cup with England, with Rian Brewster and, and a few players like that. He was linked with Bayern Munich. He was linked with Liverpool at times. But he just doesn't seem to have been able to, to kick on since that point and now seems to be sort of reinventing himself as a, a right wing back. He's a, a huge talent, but is he another one of those players, Rennie, at Chelsea, where there's just so many options? It's almost very, very difficult for, for a young player to get a run in the side and, and establish himself. Yeah, uh, yeah. Tuchel, obviously, yeah, you mentioned he, he took him off after half an hour of coming on against Southampton when he wasn't following instructions. Um, but... I think actually uh, Hudson Odoi has probably been one of the big beneficiaries of Tuchel's introduction because he's got far more minutes than he would have done uh, had Lampard remained in the job. Um, he's reinventing himself as a right wing back, and he's actually did, he's done, did actually done pretty well. Um, I, he, I don't think he gets he, sorry he actually gets quite a bit more attacking freedom um, to to do to that side of the ball rather than the defensive work because he's got Cesar Aspilicueta alongside him who's. 400 Premier League appearances, also 400 appearances for Chelsea. Just knows what he knows what he's doing. He's been there for years, so um, he's given that he's given that run down the right hand side to be able to go and get the whip, which is as I said before, which is what Tuchel wants to do to get whip from his fullbacks. Putting a great cross at the weekend for, that Giroud should have scored from to give Chelsea the lead uh, at United. So yeah, it's been it's an interesting time for Hudson Odoi, but yeah, he took him off against Southampton, but then started him against Atletico Madrid and started him against Manchester United. Um, He's got Reese James for competition. Reese James is better defensively than to, than uh, Hudson Odoi is, but uh, Hudson Odoi is a better attacking option. So, it, it, it all, as I say, Tuchel always has a plan. You know, he, he he won't he won't he won't keep the same team. I, I think he's named an unchanged side yet. I don't think so. Um, yeah, what, for Hudson Odoi, he he does need to kick on. He does need to kick on again because he he burst onto the scene. Got his got his senior England caps as well. And then it's just kind of regressed a little bit under Lampard, but he is certainly benefiting from from Tuchel arriving, uh, and I'm expecting him to play a big big part between now and the end of the season. Um, whether it's as a right wing back or as a, as a winger, we don't know. But I suspect he'll be uh, he'll be. I suspect he'll be the first choice right wing back for for the remainder of the season. Yeah, certainly one of the, a few players who's got a hell of a lot of talent for Chelsea. Just a case of finding a way to, to fit them all in. I think that just about brings us to the end of the podcast. Thank you very much for, for joining me, Sam. Just before we do finish, I am going to ask you for a quick score prediction. I think it'll be tight. I think there'll be a couple of goals. I think Liverpool might win just by a goal, maybe 2-1. But uh, what do you think? Um I was going to back. I, I did. I did back the nil-nil um, on, on on Sunday, but I'm not sure if I can do that again. Um, I think it will be a draw, though. Uh, I reckon it's going to be tight with a couple of goals. Yeah, I'm going to go 1-1. Yeah, certainly. Well, we will see what happens. You can follow it, of course, across the Liverpool Echo and Blood Red, including the debrief at full time and then the post-game podcast with all of our regular contributors shortly after that. For now, though, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Enjoy the rest of the build-up to the game. And goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel.